Hey gang, welcome to another bonus episode. Uh, I'm going to start us off by talking about wheat, 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 <laughs> and more wheat processing in Ooh, the ancient world. And fun. I really wanted to go down this rabbit hole because I love anything that helps me prepare for the apocalypse. Right. This Honestly. is I suppose, yeah, yeah, you, a useful skill. You know, there, yeah. like, uh, yes. Butter is, and, or is it butter or just cheese? I can make butter cheese yogurt. I can make cool. dairy products mm-hmm. provided there's not, dairy not helpful for around. Me, but yeah. There you are. Yeah. yeah. But in the, well, apocalypse, in the apocalypse, I think, yeah. You'd probably have to weigh up some of your choices as far as veganism or not veganism. Mm, Luckily, just, we're not there right now. <laughs> we're not no, there yet, yeah. but you may have to think about that someday. Let's uh, hope not, but here okay. we are. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So lots of discussions of uh, the threshing floor, mm-hmm. as it were. It comes up a discussions lot. Discussions of yeah. separating the wheat from the chaff. Wheat was very important to the Israelites at this time. Wheat was very important in the world in general at this time. Um, domesticating wheat and domesticating grains in general has been associated with the rise of civilization that... Once you figure out how to reproduce growing a grain and then storing it and then eating it and then processing it into other foods like flour and bread and all those things, that that's a pretty important turning point as far as the technological advancement of the culture. Um, So here's what you do with wheat. This is a very, very, very simplified rundown. Paint us us a fun picture, though. Okay, so we're Israelites. We're hanging out. We're... Gonna go th- you have this wonderful wheat. rolling wheat fields. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That are mm, uh-huh. bur- burgeoning. Lovely. Inside our golden. gates. Inside our yeah. gates these days. Yeah. Yeah. Blessed by Yahweh. Of course. Full to the bursting. You're going to take your sickle. Now, y'all know what a sickle is, right? Y- yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Your sickle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Grim Reaper thing. Yep. The Grim Reaper yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah, exactly. Either you might have a tiny, like a miniature Grim Reaper one or a big old actual full-size Grim Reaper one. Okay, cool. And you're going to take that and you're just going to kind of kind of cut down these stalks of wheat. Okay, so now they're okay. lying on the ground. Now they're lying Nate. on the ground. You're cool. going to bundle them up into some bundles. Are those, are those um, bales or is that a different thing? Those are not bales. Okay. They... Are I don't, I was known being silly. Do they have a real as name? As sheaves, sheaves of wheat. Now we oh. have encountered sheaves before, because if you remember Joseph and the amazing technical or dream coat, he yeah. had a dream. Do you remember Joseph's dream? Yeah, you all had no. seven sheaves of corn that were stupid and fell on the ground, <laughs> and mine was good and grew up tall, and now I'm better than you. That was the yeah, song, right? Exactly. Well done. Definitely perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Nailed it. Yeah, so sheaves of wheat. So these they, they get all bundled up in the field okay. and left there. And then you got to transport them to the threshing floor. Um, <laughs> You're all making this sound very epic. <laughs> floor. <laughs> like an action movie. And then you go to the threshing floor. <laughs> so the threshing floor would, ju- would probably be an area that is close by okay. to the village. Yeah. And just, just a flat area, usually circular, um, where the earth has been tamped down to a certain regard and it's very flat. Uh, okay, so like so flat packed dirt kind of. Flat packed dirt, okay, yeah. Okay. So you would tie your threshes of wheat to your camel or to your donkey or to your ox or whatever and transport it over to the threshing floor. Okay. Then once it's there, you dump it all on the threshing floor. <laughs> now, you have your cow walk on it. What? Oh. Does it have to be cows? Oh. Could your horses walk on it? Uh, or donkeys any, or camels okay, or anything. So, so the whole point of threshing is you're trying to separate the wheat seed from the little 
the little packet thingy that it comes in, the protective coating. Okay, like the single serving in. plastic wrap around. Yes, it. the single serving plastic wrap that it grows at the head of the wheat stalk. You're oh. trying to separate it out so that you can get the grain that's inside. And so there's many different ways that many different civilizations came up with for doing the threshing process, you know, a variety of technologies and or people just stamping on it. But a lot of people found the most convenient way is just have your cow walk all over it. Uh-huh. Um, wow. The, okay. Smart. The action Smart. of the hooves separates out right. the grain from the wheat. There's interesting, there's stuff in the Bible about how like you really, really, really should not muzzle your cow while threshing. Um, I, muzzle I, I him. Like, we haven't run into this yet, but apparently just that the, comes up later. Just that, um, uh, I, I don't know. I guess the idea being that it's okay for your cow to nibble some of this grain if they want to, I oh, guess. So I not, see. so like not to put a bridle yes. around yeah, don't, that don't restricts it. him from, yes. from yeah. munching, okay. from munching, from munching. Bit, right? It's yeah. okay if he munches. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I mean, huh. you're already dealing with this cow that's probably been walking around in its own shit for weeks, uh, and, stepping all over your grain. And then so. might poop on the grain while it's there, <laughs> And it's probably going to yeah. poop on the grain also. Um, but, but you know what? It's not unclean. Eat it. Go to so, town. So it gets all threshed. Town. And then that's when you use some kind of technology to separate the, the wheat grains from the chaff. Because like, you kind of like got to find a way to blow out all of the remaining stuff. So either you might use like a fan, like you kind of oh. fan it. Or like, brush it all away. Which part because blows away? The seeds are, stay and no, everything No, the seeds else? are heavy. The seeds stay. The seeds stay. Ah. And then the rest of the, the BS just floats away. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff okay. that you're not interested in. Uh-huh. Perfect. Cool. Um, you might still save the stalks for weaving things, like weaving some baskets. Like baskets. Oh, yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, did, did that in or day camp. you might just go out and, and do a process known as winnowing, which is you just pick them out by hand also. So, That's what winnowing is. That's what winnowing is. So like that expression, yeah. like like that word like in my we'll, life. Let's winnow this down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I thought that... Let's... <laughs> Winona Ryder. You're thinking of minnows. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not thinking <laughs> of minnows. Thinking of That's win- a fish. Winnow the Pooh. Is a bear. No, I'm not thinking of Winnie... <laughs> I'm not thinking of Poo-Poo. I'm thinking... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I No, I'm thinking of Whittle. That's uh, it. You're thinking of yeah, whittling. Okay. Okay. No, it. you don't whittle it. You like winnow it. Like to whittle it, it down. But right. yeah. winnow, I haven't heard. Winnow it down. Yeah, so that's just like to pick them out. And you might okay. be aided by blowing away the, you know, finding a way to blow away the lighter materials. Okay. So that you're left with the seeds. Then you're left with this grain and then you can chew it. You can make it into a porridge. You can grind it up and make it into flour and then make it into all kinds of tasty stuff. And there you go. Unleavened, preferably. Well, exactly. I was about to talk about that unleavened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the bread of affliction, oh, which is right. unleavened bread. Yeah, mm. I like how so, your two kind of lead into each other. That's good. Exactly. Now that we got this exactly. flour. That's why can... I was like, Jace, no, I'm next. <laughs> it's time for unleavened bread time. So, Passover, which is the Jewish festival of freedom. Right? I didn't know this. I didn't what? Yeah. because that was when they became free. From Pharaoh, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, essentially, this bread is the bread of affliction our ancestors ate in the land of Egypt. Let all who are hungry come and eat. So you say this on Passover. I guess people oh, nowadays okay. do this. Yeah, right. So you, uh, yeah, you relive the story of our 
people sitting together at home as an extended family, as if we were back in Egypt of the pharaohs on the night before we are about to go free after long exile and harsh enslavement. Mm. Look at that. Wow. So yeah, essentially like it's the spread and it's, you know, not very good, but <laughs> but it's all that they had. So, so you make it yeah. again to like remember that and to... Remember the times when we only had crappy bread to eat? Right. No, exactly. Yeah, essentially. So it says uh, the the evening. So the evening like spent eating this bread and then retelling stories and kind of like it's dedicated to answering questions about why this night is different from all other nights. Mm -hmm. Right. So you retell the story of Exodus together with acts of eating and drinking that include the bitter herbs of suffering and the wine of freedom. Ooh, it is. Jake always, Jake always made the joke that Passover is the only holiday with a four drink minimum. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, it's a history made memory by reenactment. So that's cool. Um, so, yeah, there are two explanations of the unleavened bread. At the beginning of the story, we call it the bread of affliction. But then later on in the evening, though, we speak of it as the bread of freedom they ate as they were leaving Egypt in such a hurry that they could not wait for the dough to rise. So that's interesting. Well, that's how we were originally introduced to it was because they had to leave without leavening it. And that's when Yahweh was like, "Mm, I like this symbolism. Let's keep eating that at at special times. But that's interesting though, that this, it showed up in this translation, which makes me, it like felt, yes, it was talking about eating it at Passover, but I wonder if it's one of those things where like, they use these two different words to refer to unleavened bread in that situation. And that whoever this translator was, was like, Oh, I know that this word is now called this thing sometimes. So I'll throw that in there. Maybe. I don't know. I'm now I'm now I'm trying to psychoanalyze the translators of this. Yeah. I don't know. But it seems to be like both this thing that kind of symbolizes their suffering and their freedom, which is kind of fun. It's like both at once. Wow. Yeah. And then people still eat it. Yeah. It's not bad. You know, people poo poo matzah, but I actually like matzah. I know it's weird. Yeah. It's good. No, it's good. I like it too. So, so I have one somewhat boring, but related thing. And then one more interesting, but not so related thing to tell (laughs) you. Great. Okay. Okay. The first, the related, but not as interesting thing is I looked up, we we said we would look up the baldness between their eyes Mm -hmm. thing. Um, apparently this is a Canaanite morning ritual, uh, in hmm. which in morning people would mar their physical appearance by oh, wow. things like self-cutting or anti-cosmetic Jeez. shaving is what this person online called it. But Whoa. basically like shaving part of your forehead to like, I guess, make yourself look prematurely balding or something. I don't know what, but basically like screw up your hairstyle. Right, like just so it's like when people go through a big breakup and they go in to cut off all their hair. Right, I think there it's you like go. Right. yeah, and yeah. basically that Yahweh is not anti-shaving heads in general because, as we remember mm. from mm. when Emily took her uh, Nazarite vow that she had to shave her head for that, that <laughs> she's shaking her head. No. Right, we we would shave our heads in taking the Nazarite vow and then also when leaving the Nazarite vow or something like that, like when finishing it. Um, so Yahweh is not against shaving in general, but specifically not for mourning. 
like not doing what the Canaanites do is probably what it's about. Um, but anyway, so that was the not super interesting, but related thing. Then Emily was asking a lot of questions about alls and it reminded me, well, it uh, looks like owl, a A W L alls, uh, owl. And it reminded me of a story that fascinated me as a youth that I wanted to share with you. And that's the story of Louis Braille or Louis Braille, depending how you pronounce his name. Uh, the inventor of the Braille alphabet. Oh, yes. I was going to ask. Yeah. So cool. so the funny, not funny, a terrible, I don't know, whatever. So Braille was not born blind. He was a kid and was working in his dad's leather working shop with an awl <gasps> and was trying to punch it through some leather and was like looking at it real close and it like bounced back and hit him in the eye. And they, that's just one eye. They rushed him to the hospital who like sealed it up and then they took him to a surgeon the next day, but they couldn't save his eye. And then it got infected, which spread to the other eye. And he eventually lost vision in both of his eyes because of this incident as a child. Terrible. What's interesting though, is that his parents did actually try to give him a good upbringing, which was not super common at the time to like give a normal life to a blind kid. Um, When was this? This was in the early 1800s. Okay. Early to mid 1800s. Um, uh, And anyway, so they, and then they ended up sending him to a school for the blind, um, which had developed a writing system that involved um, pages with raised letters Mm, that you could put your fingers on and feel them. And it was super impractical. It was really expensive to make them. When this school started, it had three books because these books have to be so huge and are like inlaid with copper wire to make the letters and the pages. And it was this very, you know, inefficient system, but was very, you know, loved by people who could see because they're like, oh, it looks like our writing and now our blind kids can read it. It's great. But some other people were like, no, there needs to be a better way. And so there was a system used in the French military it was a system of coding letters with a series of raised dots on a page, like the thick paper with these dots, like Braille, that was used for secret codes in the military. So you didn't need a light or to talk to be able to pass messages. Mm. Um, But it was really complicated. It had like a ton of dots for each letter. And it was just too complicated for people to learn. But when little Braille, as a kid, learned about it, he was like, this is is the idea. I'm going to make this better. And so he came up with the Braille system that only uses six dots as opposed to 12 dots to Mm. make up different combinations of those dots, make up all the numbers and letters. Um, And that he developed this system when he was 15. Wow. Yeah. So he developed this writing system and he developed a tool for making the Braille letters and it was using an awl. So ironically, the tool oh that blinded God. him was the thing he so, used to create the elf. Or like, so he came back full circle. That's why we were talking about this is because of the all thing. The all, yeah. Oh, I just wow. I remember goodness. learning about this story in like elementary school because I read. Wait, up. and you didn't even look that up. You just like rattled re- that off from I your looked, memory. I looked it up to make sure I remembered correctly that that was the oh way that goodness. went. I didn't remember about this other writing system that he learned first. Um, but then the, the tragic thing is he created the system when he was 15 and the school didn't adopt it until many years later. Cause they were very resistant to new things. 
Um, but it's still used today um, and has been had a huge impact on blind people. But the fact that the awl was the thing that blinded him and also the thing he used to make these, which he then developed into a machine to make it easier to to do it in a more way. He made the way, all but. his bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> That's, yes. Oh he did. my god. So you know, triumph wow. triumph from suffering. And I think that's relevant to our story, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Winnowing, threshing, bread, unleavened, Passover alls, Louis Braille, triumph over suffering. Yeah. No problem. Love it. Uh would love to hear your thoughts. Post any of your um opinions about the ancient world's wheat processing process. <laughs> You can let us know. You can reach out to us via email. You can post in our new fan group, the Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship Group on Facebook, or tweet at us all of the many different places that you can um, tweet. bother us with your opinions, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you can, um, yeah, you know, bother. do things. Yeah. Oh, bother. We will see you next week.